Well, welcome everyone to the Evolving Man podcast. I'm the founder of The Awakened Man and your host, Alan DeMonso. You know, happiness and balance can often feel just out of reach. And while we strive to build the perfect home and enjoy our work and a thriving family, often the first sacrifice is our own heart and body. And it's through external expectations that we bury our authentic selves, causing a disconnect between our inner and our outer world. And when you neglect your inner self, you'll settle for less reward and fulfillment. In, all, in every aspect of your life. And so today we're going to take a stand and reclaim control of our lives by following the principles my guest is going to share with us today. Now, before we get into all that, I want to remind you to hit like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform so you can stay on top of our latest content while also helping me grow the Awakened Man message. And with that, I'm so grateful. So let's get on with today's episode. Today's man knows who he is where he stands, and what he aspires to become. Solid in his convictions, owner of his destiny. Ever evolving into husbands and fathers our wives and children expect and deserve. We are the masters of our life and the leaders of our homes and community. Welcome to the movement. Stay strong, my brother. As customary, you know, I like to ask, start off by asking a few questions, help us set the stage for today's talk. So when you're stressed, what's your go-to for relief? Is it food, alcohol, sex, or maybe it's something else? And does that stress relief create more or less fulfillment? So if your stress relief habits are healthy or unhealthy, then don't go anywhere because today we're going to touch on what those habits are going to be like and help us learn some tools for balancing our health and our wellness. But first, allow me to introduce my guest today. Todd Nyholm is a somatic therapist specializing in the undeniable relationship between mind and body. His studies have made him an expert in many types of therapy, from visceral manipulation, craniosacral to acupressure, shiatsu, and reflexology. Todd has a run a, has a run a somatic therapy practice since 2002 and continues his holistic education at the renowned Florida Baral and Upledger Institutes. Through his Nihality Life Method, he offers solutions to live a healthier and happier life. It's great to have you on the show today, Todd. How are things? Well, and I'm real excited to talk to you. I love what you're doing on your podcast. Oh, I appreciate that. appreciate that. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, doing some research and uh, came across some of your work, I was really impressed with, with the stuff that you've been doing. Now, you've been doing this for almost 20 years, which is, uh, which is outstanding. And, and in our work here at The Awakened Man, we always talk about getting onto our own hero's quest or our hero's journey. So I'm going to start off with, an, with a, I hope is an easy one for you, is this, how, have you, how did you get to what you're doing today? And what was your hero's quest like in, you know, in order to getting to do the work that you're doing? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because my childhood was a bit weird um, for two reasons. I had some crazy health problems that showed up that I couldn't figure out for decades and went through like 50 doctors and, you know, went through all these different things. So I was trying to solve those problems on my own. And then this next one's a little huff, tough to talk about, but I'll mention a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be too much, but there was this crazy kind of serial killer guy that lived in my neighborhood who really was interested in me. And so trying to figure out my way around that, not being able to talk about it much because he threatened everyone I knew and the whole experience, it kind of led me into this, like, really kind of a hero's journey, like specifically at a young age is like, how do I overcome this trying to figure it out on my own? And so sort of a lot of the work I'm doing now is the result of being pushed by those two factors over time. So. 
Wow, that's crazy. I I would not have expected you to talk about it being uh, having to deal with the serial killer. My goodness, and thankfully you've made it, you were able to make it through all of that. And so let's start off by t- also talking about your first book. Now, your first book's entitled Ah Food. Why do you trouble me so much? And I really loved that title when uh, when I saw it. So is this about how we struggle with emotional eating and following diets? And so tell us why, how, and why food can play such an important role in living with vitality. Yeah, it's interesting because we, we tend to like try to force our diet by fad diets and all these different little things. And if you can find the triggers of why you're eating, you're like, oh, I had a rough day. I'm going to go home and eat a bag of potato chips because I need the salt, right? If you look at it and you're like, oh, I saw my dad do that when he when I was a kid. And so I learned this habit and it's been built over time. And when I was trying to figure out my own health problems and then try to lose weight at time, I couldn't, I tried every diet you could possibly imagine. And eventually I was like, okay, I got to figure this out from a different standpoint. So I made that method that's in there just to kind of fix myself. And it worked great. I lost like 50 pounds in a few months and I've been able to keep it off. And because it was like, oh, okay, I see it now. I see why I'm doing this. I see why I'm doing that. I see where I learned it. I see how I eat this ice cream because I saw it on an episode of Friends when I was a kid or, you know, whatever crazy thing that kind of puts it in your head and you get used to it. So the method was specifically about kind of getting around that. And then I really did build it around how do you become more vital from your food? Because if you can figure out how you're feeling after you eat, it becomes easier to figure out what's helping you and what's, which seems like it's helping you, but actually pushing you off what you want to accomplish. Yeah, no kidding. I really like what you're saying there because it is so true, right? How easily that we get triggered and how those triggers just get embedded in who we are. And then we just start to act out and replay these programs and many of them are unconscious. And so, you know, I was just thinking about this week's been a bit stressful for me and getting stuff done. And boy, I could, I was just dying to stop off in a fast food joint and get the, you know, get a greasy burger and fries. And I just thought to myself, what good is that going to do? You know, in the moment, it may give me a little bit of relief. But I already know what the how I'll, how I'll feel after. You know, I'm going to feel guilty for for having done that. Won't feel like I've uh, done any good for myself. And so, I think it's so empowering that what you're what you're saying is so true that we got to pay attention to how these triggers work in our life, right? Oh yeah, and they they show up in that weirdest time sometimes and. Sometimes you're like, well, this is a cheap, easy source of energy. And you realize you're like, oh, that's why I want these French fries because it's easy to digest. There's a lot of salt. There's some chemistry that they put in the fries to make them taste amazing, like way better than any other French fry because they're, they, they build science to do that, you know, and you're like, okay, I see the, I see the game. Instead, I'm going to go do X instead of that. So you, you replace the habit with something else. And that goes a long way. But I think we all do it on some level, you know. Absolutely. And I think whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's going to be junk food, fast food, like you talk about chips and that, and, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, we have, uh, my wife's more of the, the sweet person. She likes her sweets. And for me, I'll take something salty, you know, and just want to dive into that. But I want to get a little bit more into talking about this healthy life ladder that you talk about and about revitalizing the synergy between our outer and our inner world. So tell me a little bit about what this healthy life ladder is all about. Yeah. So when I was trying to kind of fix my own problems and, uh, help my own health, I started putting together a bunch of principles that I thought would ladder me to better health and to better strength and better coordination between my mind and my emotions and my body. And then my outside world, what my work is like, what my relationships are like. And so I really built it, built it so that you could work on your inside and then have that express out into the outside. And so in my second book, Ah Brain, Why Do You Trouble Me So Much? And I just love those titles because they make me laugh. But, you know, I put that as the core method that was in there because I, I 
kind of desperately wanted to get it to other people like me. Like if I could have had that when I was 12, man, that would have been, would have saved me years of trying to figure it out. And I mean, the journey was great. I got a lot out of it, but if I could help someone that is like me, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, no kidding. Right. And for sure, we want to, you know, we, we always like the, the journey or maybe we don't necessarily like it, but if we don't go through those experiences, how do we learn and how do we grow as individuals? Right. And so I think what you're saying, makes so much sense. Right. And, and being able to develop that ladder in order to figure out how to get yourself out of, uh, out of the different pits that we put ourselves into. So a way to, a way to define, what's a way to define ex- compulsive external programming and reorient our inner compass in a direction that you would say that would make us be live, be and live more authentically. Yeah. It's interesting when you really start to look in your inner world at what your mind and your emotions do, it's pretty interesting to see how many things were put in there when you were young, like as a programming. So like I was mentioning before, your parents do this and your culture does that, and they do this on TV and your teachers do these things and your older siblings do that. And pretty soon it, it kind of gets into your brain and you think, oh, that's me. When really it was kind of downloaded into you before you had the cognitive ability to say, man, I don't want to act that way. That's not me. I'm not that way. And everyone has that, you know, you're you're probably six or seven before you really get the capacity to go, well, that just seems like, (laughs) you know, and so you're like, I'm going to do something else. And so recognizing that, that a lot of things that you think are you were actually programming the same way your, your computer gets programmed. And then you you recognize it and you see it and then you go through it and you're like, man, I don't want this. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to replace that with this behavior over there. I don't like this. I'm going to replace that with this programming for myself, I'm going to program myself in a new way. Um, and so there's, you know, some interesting ways to do that. And that opens up who you are, you become more authentic, you become more vital, you're more likely to say that the truth that you need to say without trying to hurt people's feelings, just kind of being yourself in your own way. Um, and you still have all that socialization, because it's useful, you do need some of those programs to get along with people. So you're not living out by yourself in the middle of nowhere, because no one wants to see you again, you know, so you still have all those lessons, you just build new ones into it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. So, so would, would you suggest then that, I, that maybe as we look at, uh, or as we're doing that inner work, that we're looking at the programs that actually are still working and, and maybe serving us and the ones that aren't, is that kind of the, what you're, what you're alluding to? Yeah. In some ways you got to like spend a lot of time with yourself to recognize it and to see it because sometimes, you know, something will push you and you're like, Oh, people are putting pressure on me over here and this program shows up that you hadn't seen in 20 years. And you're like, Oh, this is how my dad handled that. And this is a terrible way to do it. Or this is how my mom or whoever it might be. And so it's kind of constant work and constant observation of yourself to see where it's coming from. And if you're really careful to watch your emotions, you realize that there's certain things that are a program that you don't quite agree with. And so the emotion and the feeling in yourself, you'd be like, Oh, that's not me. But you got to watch yourself to figure out where those things are. Yeah, absolutely. I totally love that too, because you really need to, you know, the more conscious that we are of our emotions and, and how we're dealing with them makes a, really makes a difference in how we're going to express ourselves in the world. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So how do, so, you know, I know you help people to overcome external stress, but how do you do that? And what's the impact of this external stretch on aging for us and the longevity for our bodies and our brain? It's interesting because in my practice, I'm working with people and I'm actually working physically on them. So I'm feeling their body and their tissues and I'm working on their skull and making changes in their nervous system. And it's pretty interesting. Like if I could get you to follow me around for a month and I just got you to put your hand on people and then we'd ask them a question. Hey, what's work like? How's your family life like? What was your what were your parents like? You'll feel all these changes in their body. 
and their body will get rigid and you'll feel certain areas at certain times. Like if they're really angry, you'll tend to feel this pressure around their liver. If they're really afraid, you'll feel this pressure on the bottom of their back towards their kidneys where their adrenal, adrenal glands sit. And so if you watch that and you watch how people age over time, so I've been doing this just about a couple of decades now, and you watch that stress and its effect on people's joints and on their tissues and on their skin tone and on their energy and on their voice and on even their eyes, like they start to look dull over time. And it does not have to be that way. It's a lot of like driving with your foot on a brake and your other foot on the gas when you're kind of stressed out trying to go through your life. And so if you can learn to just get your foot off the brake, you're going to have a much better time of that, you know? And so I try to help people do that at the clinic. Wow. That is, uh, that's awesome. So I want to get, just explore a little bit further, if you don't mind. So you just talked about, you know, where we hold stress and what it means in the different parts of our body. And so you talked about, you know, with our liver and our lower back, but do you have any other examples of how we relate to the, where our body holds stress? And what kind of strat, what it's, what it really means. Sure. And it's interesting because like I've looked at Eastern traditions and Western traditions and they have these models that in some cases go back thousands of years. And when I was like 12 or 13, first reading about it, I'm like, it can't be that specific. But now that I've watched it for a while, like, oh my gosh, all the time when someone's really worried, it affects their stomach. When somebody's really, um, let me think of another anxious all the time, it affects their heart or their small intestine. And you start to see these like interesting connections where people have one primary emotion in a negative way that's pushing on everything else. And it tends to throw them off in a specific way. Um, And you can track it down and then work with it, you know, in kind of some cool ways from there. Yeah, for sure. And so a lot of your work then not, not just with the somatic size of it, but it's also about moving energy, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm working with moving energy because that helps people in sort of a subtle way while I'm talking to them to kind of help them see where they're at while working on their body so that their body breaks free of sort of being stuck in a sympathetically dominant state, which is part of your autonomic nervous system. So you get stuck in a sort of fight or flight. When I put all those things together, I can kind of help people break themselves out of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. So listen, we're just coming out of a two-year lockdown. Well, at least we are where I am. I'm up here in Canada and we're just finally getting to uh, to open uh, open up here and we're just coming out of that. But for these two years, you know, we ever, we've really been in isolation. And so stress has been a pretty high, I would suggest for a lot of us. And I'm wondering what ways that we can do that we can shift our focus so we can be a little bit more positive on uh, about dealing with this uh, isolation piece. Yeah, I think, you know, the first step is to sort of reframe it. So you can say, okay, this time was kind of helpful for me in this way, which is something I had to do with my childhood and things like, wow, I really know a whole lot about how my mind works because of some of the things that happened to me when I was a kid. And you're like, I don't necessarily want to ever have to do that again, but I can reframe it to go, oh, wow, I got something really amazing out of this. And so if you can look at that isolation with a little bit of like, you know, I kind of got a couple cool things out of it. And now I can let that go so that you're not focusing on what's happened in the past and being stuck there and then sort of getting back out there and socializing in new ways. Cause if you're kind of introverted or you might be a little shy, it might be tough as you go back out and you meet new people or like I live alone. It's just me and my dog, you know? And so like trying to figure out how to like socialize in interesting ways, particularly when we were locked down was, was kind of interesting. And so it gives you a chance to see yourself in a better way. And if you can kind of take that with you, you can get some interesting things as you come back out of it. And then, you know, if you can, get a little hope for what's going on, you know, instead of focusing on the negative news and all the trouble that people are going from, it's really easy to do that because your animal part of your brain just wants to go, Oh, there's the scary stuff and focus on it. And if you can just go, no, 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 no. We're going to do this now. And it'll go back and you go, no, 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 no. We're going to do this now. It it can help break you free. 
Yeah, for sure. I love that idea. That's, that makes complete sense. And, and uh, you know, I want to go back now. And I just want to touch about it. So you do have a new book coming out shortly. And, and again, love the title, Ah, Brain, why, why Do You Trouble Me So Much? And, but in this book now, you're going to be outlining 26 principles that we can use to guide our lives to live more consciously. So how did you come up with the principles and how do we embody them in our daily lives? Yeah, I was trying to create a chart for myself for like decision-making for, you know, easy decisions now and then bigger decisions later, and maybe even all the way up until the time that you leave this world, you know, and I was like, okay, how do you do that? And so I started stacking them together and there's 26 because I originally put it on an alphabet, which is, I study languages and I just really liked, oh, 26, this is great, but I couldn't quite make it work out the way the editors wanted. So we numbered it, but the idea was like, okay, I tend to get stuck in these habits this way. And I tend to be automatic that way. And you go through it when you're trying to make a decision, you're like, oh, this decision is going to lead me to these seven problems that show up on the chart or these seven other aspects of it would be useful to say, okay, this work is going to help me long-term because when I'm 92, I'll go, oh, wow, I'm so glad I started a business or wow, I'm really glad I learned to play guitar. And instead of worrying about what my neighbor would think because he hates guitar players, which might be some stupid thing that's in your head, right? That, that blocks you. And sometimes that gets to me and like, oh, I'm really worried about X. And then you think about it from a perspective, like a 90 year old and you're like, man, why do I care about that? And so the chart was just sort of a way to help remind myself of the principles to change the conscious decision-making process. Cool. That's cool. So cool. Can't wait to pick up the book and really dive into that. Now you developed this vitality method and for helping us to enhance our vitality, health, and life. So tell us a little bit about your program and what it entails. Yeah. So I've been building it literally since I was eight and sitting in the backyard <laughs> meditating, but I didn't know what that was called. It was just like, here's a way that I can work on myself where I feel great. And it gets me out of my body a little bit and it gets me out of some of the situations. So I've been stacking all these things together until I finally got to a place where I wanted to share it with other people. And I finally got my health to a place where I feel significantly better now than at any other point. So I'm in my mid forties and I have energy that I've never experienced in any way. And so I wanted to share that with people. And so I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it now that I've kind of completed the system. Cause it's, it's really kind of large and as comprehensive as I could possibly make it. And so I'm trying to figure out the best way to get it to people. And I started with writing cause I wrote at the beginning when I was still kind of sick and working through some infections I got from some surgeries. And I was like, well, I can write. So we'll start there. And so I've written, I have the two books that are published now, and I've got two other manuscripts and a third one that I'm writing. And now I'm trying to get into more video and podcasting and talking to people so I can reach people who don't like to read, you know, and who might connect to me personally, that kind of thing. So I'm working on the books and then a website and then a membership website so I can work with people. And then as things back open, open back up, I'd like to get to work with people in classes and teach them some exercises directly and some meditations and give them some tools to use. So I'm really trying to find the best way to just give it away as fast as I can and kind of, you know, build a little business around that so I can support myself while I do it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. So of everything that we're talked about today, what is the one thing that you would recommend as a takeaway for our listeners to remember? Yeah, I think more than anything, the thing that's helped me the most is the ability to take part of my attention and point it at myself and another part of my attention and put it in the outer world. So I'm talking to you and I'm looking at you and we're having our conversation. I'm making sure all the lights are here and I don't look like an idiot or anything too much, but inside I'm also watching my mind and I'm watching what my emotions are doing and I'm watching what my body's doing so that I'm as much in my picture as anything else. I don't know if you've ever played some of those third person shooter games where you can toggle in and out. So your character's there and then your character's not there. So this is kind of like, how do you put yourself in your own frame? 
And I think there's nothing more useful to figuring out who and what you are and reclaiming the power that that kind of is you than to take some of your power and attention back and point it at yourself. And it's a pretty cool concept that has really helped me that I read in a book from like 2000 years ago. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to figure out how to do this, you know, when I was a kid. And it's been a, a huge blessing to me. So Outstanding. Outstanding. That's great. So I want to just want to say thanks, Todd, for spending some time with me today and remembering that, uh, that all the stuff that we shared here today. But I wanted to know, how can our listeners get a hold of you? And do you have what's coming up that you're working on that they could uh, programs like they could participate in? Sure. So I originally called my method the Nihome Vital Life Method, which is way too long. Um, and so one of my editors was like, why don't we shorten it? So I took the NY from my last name and replaced the VI in vitality. So I called my system the Nitality Method. So if you want to find me, if you look up my website, it's just nitality.com. Um, I'm working on a YouTube channel and some TikToks to get some other information out there, but I'm going to link everything through the website and build it up that way. And then when I get to the chance to, to teach classes and work with people a little more directly, that'll all be there. And that's, you know, all stuff you can just go look at pretty easily there. Right on. Well, I want to say, say thanks so much for spending time with me today. This is great information. And I'm sure I'll put all the contact info, the website and, and that into the show notes. So all the listeners have an opportunity they can get a, they can get a hold of you and and spend some time uh, working with you. That'd be uh, I think be the best thing. Awesome! I'm glad to get to talk to you. It's really this is my favorite subject in the world to talk about. So all right, on excellent. Well, have a good one. Thanks you too. Thank you for listening to the Evolving Man podcast. Are you ready to own your destiny? To become more the man you are destined to be? Join the brotherhood that is the Awakened Man at theawakenedman.net and start forging a new destiny today.